We thought Intel's GPUs were fast. Never mind. Did you want to run Doom on your motherboard BIOS? Because you can do that now, and you can only have USB-C everywhere. Let's get in the hot news, everybody. I'm your bro host. We're going to be going over the hottest tech news like find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. And we're going to start off today kind of recanting something that we talked about in yesterday's episode of hot news, which was preliminary benchmarks coming out from Intel's A730M GPU that was going to be placed in some of their laptops that are now shipping across the world. And in those benchmarks from yesterday's episode of hot news, it looked like it could perform around an RTX 3070 or an RTX 30. 70 Ti, a pretty decent showing from Intel on their new GPUs. Until today, when we got actual gaming benchmarks, not just, you know, made up synthetic run simulations of things that don't actually even matter. And, um, <sighs> Intel. Please. So according to just three games right now, but there should be more coming out as the laptop is now available for sale, but it uh, it's barely faster than an RTX 3050. And this is one of Intel's higher end GPUs that they're gonna be shipping. So a Weibo user known as Golden Pig Upgrade, which is, you know, the best phrase that I've ever heard in my entire life, tested out Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Metro Exodus, and F1 2020 at 1080p and 1440p and compared them and showed us the frame rates for all of that. Metro Exodus was able to run at 70 FPS at 1080p, which is roughly like an RTX 2070 notebook, but not as good as an RTX 3060. And then you got something like F122, which could run at 123 FPS, which is comparable to the RTX 3050. And then you got something like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which can run at 38 FPS at 1080p, which again, not very good, especially considering the fact that the A730M did so well in the synthetic benchmarks and then absolutely only competes with an RTX 3050, 36. 60 when it's actually put in gaming tests uh, kind of shows what I've been afraid of for the entire time we've been talking about Intel's GPUs and that's driver optimization. Are they able to actually get the performance out of these graphics cards because they actually can work with the games and it turns out it looks like it's probably no right now. I don't have a whole lot of hope for the dedicated GPUs that are coming out to desktop because this was just, I had this experience when I tested the DG1. The drivers made it an absolutely horrid experience and just kind of seeing that Intel's driver team has missed deadline after deadline of what they've set for themselves as a roadmap, I just, the confidence that this is gonna be a good launch where people are gonna enjoy the plethora of different options is kind of low right now. I just, it seems like Nvidia and AMD are still gonna be the go-to choices and Intel will be over here trying to figure themselves out, trying to realize how they can make things better before they're gonna be taken seriously as an option. My guess is that they're only gonna be purchased in pre-builds and that's kind of the rumor that we've been hearing floating on anyways, that Intel is gonna be targeting the OEM desktop market. They wanna ship it out with companies like HP, Dell, etc., so that when you see a gaming computer at Costco with your parents, that's what you're picking up. And that has Intel inside for the GPU rather than gamers getting the deliberate choice to put it inside of their systems, which not sure we'd make that choice anyways, given how things are performing. But does this that kind of align with your expectations of the Intel Arc Alchemist GPUs. Let me know down below in the comments. Gonna let you know that crypto 
had a rough day. Bitcoin down 1.75%. Uh, it cratered a little bit. You know, it went from $31,500 down to $29,500. So not great overall. It's recovered ever so slightly as the day has progressed. Ethereum kind of following the same trend down less than 1% to be at 1846 and Dogecoin down half a percent to be at 8.1 cents. In the meme stungs, however, GameStop having a phenomenal day up another 14.79% as of the time of filming. It's up to nearly $150 again. If you remember, it was below $100 at one point recently and is now going back up. It's nowhere near its all time high. It's down a little bit from just this time a year ago, but it is rallying. Is GameStop worth this much? I don't know. I don't know how, how much things are worth, but I know how much things could be worth less because of UFD deals. We're bringing you the hottest tech deals that are out on the internet. And we got several sales for you today. The Gigabyte X570 Aorus Elite Wi-Fi motherboard going for only 150 bucks. Over on Amazon, we also got the Samsung 870 Evo one terabyte SSD selling for 100 bucks right now. That's that's not a bad deal for an 870 Evo. I'll take it. And then we also have the Sony WH-1000XM4 noise canceling headphones going for $278 over on Amazon, which is a sale of 21%. I love these. I've had these. The five just recently came out, but those cost $400. Getting these for $278 is a really good price. These actually have some features that are missing on the fives, but the fives also have better noise cancellation. So it's a it's kind of a toss up, but 278, that's really hard to go wrong for the quality headphones that you're getting on that. And one of the quality things that I want to try out one day in my life is the Polestar brand of vehicles. With the Polestar 3 getting shown off by the company for the first time ever, not in camo. This is their SUV that they're planning on launching or announcing later this year in October. Polestar is a joint effort between Volvo and Geely? Geely? I'm not 100% sure I'm supposed to pronounce that, but it, they've kind of always looked like Volvo. Volvo cars, but they say that they're going to move out of mom and dad's basement and try to create a design style of their own. We're expecting the Polestar 3 to have 372 mile range. It's also going to have autonomous highway driving with LiDAR sensors, and you should be able to order it once they announce it in October. And they're also planning on building them here in America for the American customers in case that matters to you. And in case trucking matters to you, which probably should because it's a huge industry here in the United States, Uber and Waymo are partnering up to work on long haul autonomous trucking, which is wild because in case you don't remember, Uber and Waymo used to be at odds with each other, especially because Waymo is owned by Alphabet, Google's parent company, or lawsuits that happened where Uber acquired a company where the guy had actually stolen stuff from Alphabet and made it so that they had to send him to jail and it was a whole spiel of lawsuits and nonsense and it was bad but they're partnering up because they want to work together. They believe it's a strategic partnership to work long term on the long haul autonomous trucking. They'll blend Waymo self-driving tech with Uber's freight network which is from what I gather just Uber for freight shipping. In case you're a business who needs trucks you can use Uber freight to find trucks to ship and then Waymo will help it so that you don't need the trucker involved in this situation. Good stuff. What's legitimately good stuff though is Doom running on basically everything from a pregnancy test to a probably uh, radio frequencies at this point and now on your motherboard BIOS. This is thanks to Coreboot which is an open source motherboard firmware platform which will allow you to kind of inject payloads in order to boot to that in your BIOS. This is probably not something very many people are going to do besides the 
Uber Linux users. Anyways, Core Doom being found out that uh, it, it just boots straight into Doom. That's it's a payload for Core Boot. And then your your computer is just like, hey, this is my BIOS. It's it's Doom. You, you're able to play it. There are a few issues. Uh, number one, if you exit the game, the whole system freezes, which makes sense because your whole system is Doom at that point. There's only PS2 keyboard support uh, and then you, there's no sound or save support. So you have, every time you boot up, you have to beat the game yet again. But that's a small price to pay to just have Doom literally everywhere. And that's where USB-C is going, literally everywhere. At least if the European Union has its say, which it says it's gonna have its say. Anyways, the European Union enforcing Type-C on essentially most electronic devices across their entire gamut, starting with phones and then moving on to laptops. They wanna make it easier so that there's a universal charging standard, but then on top of that, having a harmonized fast charging technology that will make it so that you can ubiquitously use a charger across a wide range of devices. They're giving a 24 month grace period for devices in order to switch over to USB-C for charging, except for laptops, which have a 40 month grace period. So that puts us in 2024 for the phones and then sometime in late 2025, 2026 for the laptops to all be based on USB-C. This is a really interesting move. We've been speculating that this would come for a long time. This would likely force Apple's hands to start making iPhones with USB-C chargers, which is I think the primary thing that people want out of this, which personally, I not that bothered by. I mean, Lightning has been around for years. There's a wide array of an ecosystem for it. It's not like it's Apple's changing their charging standard every two or three years. They've actually held on to it. They went from 30 pin to Lightning and then they've stayed there. Obviously, changing over to USB-C will make it so that things can work with other accessories that are out on the market. But it's not. It, I, I would be more upset with the Apple situation had they actually been trying to change the standard regularly but they haven't done that. But I want to hear from you. What do you think of USB-C being featured on essentially every device in order for that to be the charging mechanism that's happening, which would also, would that change you know, the MacBook Air situation where you can't use the MagSafe or does that count since it is a USB-C plug that's there and the C to the MagSafe? Is that allowed? Because I like MagSafe. I don't want USB-C in place of MagSafe. I want MagSafe. MagSafe is good. Not, not the phone MagSafe with the magnets, but the laptop MagSafe. I prefer that, I don't know. Let me know your thoughts on this down below in the comments and I'll see you back here for more tech news tomorrow. Allegedly. <laughs>